Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Thanks for joining us today. Today's podcast is the third installment in my mental health awareness series to celebrate National Mental Health Awareness Month, which is sponsored by the National Alliance of Mental Illness, or NAMI. I'll leave a link in the show notes so that you can find more about this valuable organization. First, I'll start with a story. There you go, Mr. and Mrs. Ojeda, the nurse said, as she stopped right outside the hospital doors and handed me a tiny infant. You're good to go, just as long as you have a car seat, she said. Oh, we have a car seat. I said, we borrowed one from some friends. We didn't realize that our baby would be so small that she wouldn't fit in the one we had purchased. Oh, that happens to a lot of parents, the nurse said, as she helped me stand up and move to the car that Pedro had waiting at the hospital entrance. We gently tucked our infant into the back-facing car seat, closed the doors, and he started the engine. That's it, I said. They let us take a baby home just like that. It is our baby, he reminded me, and it was true. I had the bread dough midsection and bloodshot eyes to prove it. Surely, though, the nurse had forgotten to give me something. A how-to manual would have been nice. How in the world did I operate this baby? It took me another 17 months to get my act together and feel confident with an infant so that when we brought our second daughter home, I didn't keep glancing over my shoulder, hoping they'd run out with a manual as we drove away. I filled the intervening months between firstborn and secondborn with research and experience. How-to books served as my after-the-fact manuals and taught me all about feeding schedules, potty training, and when to call the doctor. I felt pretty capable, for a while at least. When I closed the trunk on our Prius and pulled away from the crisis center almost 21 years after bringing our second beautiful daughter home, I once again wished someone would hand me a how-to manual. I longed for guidance on how to help our once sparkling daughter navigate her way through her deep depression. I wanted answers, and three months later, when my husband brought Sarah home from her second crisis center stay, this time with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder, I couldn't believe that anyone in their right mind would discharge a patient who clearly still suffered from the aftereffects of mania into the woefully unprepared hands of shell-shocked parents. Sure, A sweet nurse had given me the title of a great book to read, but Dr. K. Jameson's book, An Unquiet Mind, A Memoir of Moods and Madness, didn't fall into the how-to category. It gave me hope that my daughter could achieve a normal life, but as a memoir, it didn't give guidelines for how to navigate the diagnosis. And believe me, if you are the parents of an adolescent with a mental illness, it's pretty confusing. I have discovered the book that every newly diagnosed patient with bipolar disorder should receive upon discharge, along with copies for all adult family members. It's called The Bipolar Disorder Survival Guide, Second Edition, What You and Your Family Need to Know, by David J. Miklowitz, Ph.D. Miklowitz, a professor of psychiatry at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, School of Medicine, and senior clinical researcher at Oxford University, UK, directs the Integrative Study Center in Mood Disorders and the Child and Adolescent Mood Disorder Program 
at the UCLA Simmel Institute. Dr. Mikowitz's numerous publications include the award-winning book for professionals, Bipolar Disorder, a Family-Focused Treatment Approach. Who, now that we have his credentials out of the way, let me explain why I love this book. Prior to my daughter's diagnosis with bipolar disorder, I thought bipolar was just a happy, sad cycle that some people experienced, not to mention the name of my brother-in-law's snowmobile UTV racing team, Bipolar Racing. Now I realize bipolar disorder has many facets, and it has very little to do with happy, sad cycles. So here's the skinny on bipolar disorder, the one mental illness that I can talk about the most because I have the most experience with it. I used to think that a bipolar disorder diagnosis equaled a life sentence of pain, misunderstanding, and trauma for both the patient and everyone who loves him or her. Not true. Wicklowitz lays out challenges that will likely face everyone involved and takes each involved party through possible scenarios. The scenarios show how each person can move beyond coping to thriving. When Sarah received her diagnosis, I worried that she would never be able to have children should she want to. Miklowitz includes a chapter just for women that analyzes the risk factors. It helps women make informed decisions regarding their reproductive health. I used to think that a bipolar disorder diagnosis meant one person struggling alone whilst everyone else in the family felt confused, betrayed, or outraged. Not true. Miklowitz shows how a family-focused treatment approach actually helps prevent relapses that require hospitalization. Trust me, Hospitalizations equal trauma for everyone involved, not just the person hospitalized. The Survival Guide serves as a true how-to book on thriving with a bipolar disorder diagnosis. It explains in layman's terms all of the vocabulary that attends the diagnosis and explains the medications and side effects. So here are some interesting facts about bipolar disorder. The median age for bipolar diagnosis is 25 years of age. It stands to reason that families need to educate themselves as much as possible about the illness. More importantly, family members need to understand their role. They can act as a support team member, but not a manager or owner of the illness. Let me say that again. When your child is in adolescence and something traumatic happens to them, you want to take over. You want to be a helicopter parent. You want to manage and own the illness to take away the pain that your child is experiencing. And yes, they might be 18, 19, 20, 21, or 25, but they are still your child. It's important that family members understand their role. They can act as a support team member, but not a manager or owner of the illness. Remember that. Patients diagnosed with bipolar disorder can do two critical things to help manage their own illness. First, they can select a support team. With input from the support team, they can create emergency plans of action. The plan states what they want to happen when they start to slip into either a manic or depressed episode. Above all, the Bipolar Disorder Survival Guide, second edition, What You and Your Family Need to Know, serves as a framework for honest and difficult conversations. But those conversations pave the pathway for those affected by bipolar disorder to learn to thrive rather than just survive. If you live in a larger city and someone you know or love has bipolar disorder or any other mental illness, another great resource is NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I'll leave a link in the show notes for how you can access that website. 
They offer in-person counseling groups and support groups for parents, family, friends, and people who have been diagnosed with a mental illness. Another great resource is the website The Mighty. I'll also leave a link to that in the show notes. The important thing to remember, whether someone you know or love, or you yourself, has bipolar disorder or some other mental illness, is that you are not alone. Other people out there suffer too. You're not alone as a family member who's confused and wondering what to do. You're not alone as someone suffering from a mental illness. You are not alone. There is help available, and there are wonderful people out there who stand by waiting to help you. Come back next week when we talk about the response of the church to those with mental illness. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.